Good morning, everyone. The sports machine was slim on a snowy Tuesday in New Hampshire. Drive safe out there, everybody. I'm driving in from Brentwood this morning. Took me over an hour. 101 West, then to 93 North. To get to the Concord Studios here. WKXL Radio. If you get the Concord Monitor, I see there's a front page story on WKXL Radio today. So check that out. Did you hear about some of the new stuff going on here? One of those things, the sports machine with Slim. Our weekdays, 10 to 11 spot. Next Generation Sports Talk Radio Show. Yesterday, on this Next Generation Sports Talk Radio Show, we did pretty well with our picks. Me and my brother Dave had a caller calling in. Dave said, hey, uh, Pittsburgh does not match up against Buffalo. Buffalo's going to take them down and do so rather easily. Proved to be correct. 31-17. Buffalo moves forward in the NFL playoffs. The other game was the one I I talked a lot about. How the heck was Philadelphia favored yesterday? They had lost five of six. The team was just in ruins. Now, Dave took the other side in that game. He did say he thought Philly would rebound, and he pointed to a stat, I guess, five or two, the last two teams who had lost five out of six of their previous games but made the playoffs actually had won their first game in the playoffs. The last two teams in that situation won. I asked him afterwards, I said, who were those teams? Did you, did you, you know, have any more further stats and clarification on that? Is that actually true? He said, no, I, but I heard it somewhere. So I don't know if it's actually a correct stat or not, Dave, but that stat is now uh, the that is broken. That, uh, the streak there is over at two because Tampa Bay rolled rather easily. 32-9, to they beat up on a Philadelphia Eagles team that just limped to the finish, and we were here. This is my claim to fame with the sports machine with Slim. The very first week on the air, six weeks back, seven weeks back, I was telling people the Philadelphia coach, Sirianni, was driving his team right into the, the ground. He was working them too hard. This tush-push thing, they're running two, three, four, five times a game. It beats up the players. Jason Kelsey said it during the season. It's around week eight or nine. He said, that's the play that takes the most out of me. Well, if you watch the Eagles decline after they'd lost two or three in a row, there was one game, I think it was the Monday night game against Seattle, where Jason Kelsey had like two false starts where he started to snap the ball and nobody else on his team moved. And there was a five-yard penalty. And he had gone to uh, the, back, the back room. He had left the field at some point during the game, too. Like, there was something wrong with the guy. Well, fast forward to last night. He's getting pushed around because Tampa Bay's defensive line is solid. And then the rumors are this morning, I guess, Jason Kelsey's retiring, as he should be. And it's the coach of the Eagles. It's his fault. It's his fault. That guy's not long for this job. I remember Dave, my brother Dave, called in three weeks ago and said, Sirianni's not long for this job. Those were his exact words. He's right. Could Bill Belichick be the next coach of the Philadelphia Eagles? I think that is an entirely possible and likely scenario. I guess Belichick yesterday interviewed with the Atlanta Falcons. Maybe it was yesterday. Maybe it was the day before, but whatever. The news is leaked here today that he interviewed with them, like, what are they asking him? If he's going to come in to, to, like, interview for the job, isn't it more of like, hey, Bill, do you want the job? If so, it's yours. Like, there's no, 
Well, well, let me ask you about your background, and let me let me see what your motivating factors are, and this and that. I think it's a good leverage point for both the Atlanta Falcons, who are looking to replace. It's um, Arthur Smith was their former coach, right? Who I know people don't necessarily think he was great. I think he was there for three years, and uh, Gonzo, as of the end of this regular season, but. With Belichick, I, I don't see him wanting to go to Atlanta. Why, why do you need to go there? Yeah, you got some weapons on offense, but you don't have a quarterback. And if Belichick's going to go somewhere, why would you want to leave a situation, leaving the Patriots, where your issue was that you didn't have a quarterback for the last four years? You tried to make it happen with Cam Newton, Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi, whoever, Brian Hoyer, whoever else you want to mix in there. They're all just equally not good to be kind why you want to go to an Atlanta situation where Desmond Ritter's there, Marcus Mariota? That doesn't make any sense. Well, you got to try and draft a quarterback? Yeah, because you've had such great success, Bill, with drafting QB prospects over the last 20 years. Matt Castle, people say, oh, he did this and that. Jimmy Garoppolo, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are those guys right now? On the bench or at home? Bill wants to go someplace that's ready-made for success. Where is that? Dallas? Philadelphia. It would have been Buffalo too, but Buffalo comes up with a big win yesterday, 31-17. Why are they going to fire McDermott? They wouldn't. There's no reason to, but that game's going to be awesome this coming weekend, baby. Buffalo gets a chance to totally redeem themselves. Two years ago, they went in to Arrowhead, Kansas City, and scored to go up with 17 seconds left in the game. They kicked the ball off. It goes through the end zone instead of kicking it to a player, which they definitely should have done because it would have required more time to tick off the clock. So it was a bonehead call by the coach. And Kansas City ends up kicking a field goal, sending the game into overtime, right? That's how it went down. And Kansas City goes on to win that game. Then they win the Super Bowl, don't they? Maybe not. Maybe that's the year they lost to Tampa Bay. Whatever the case. Buffalo. They know they lost that game. (laughs) And I know they lost that game. So does every NFL fan in America. You know Buffalo lost when they had the lead and were kicking off with 17 seconds left to go in the game. So if Buffalo's going to get back to a spot where, I mean, they can go to the finals, doesn't it kind of have to, like, just for symmetry's sake, just make sense that they got to beat Kansas City along the way. Well, here comes Kansas City. Here's your shot, Buffalo. Here is your shot this coming weekend. And Kansas City's feeling good. That Rishi Rice guy, he's catching the ball now. Patrick Mahomes, couple wins in a row. That's a big, big game last week against Miami. They're going to be ready to roll up and defend their title going up into Buffalo. Now as an underdog, Buffalo's favored by two and a half, I think the line is. Where does the money fall in that game? People probably going to be leaning towards Kansas City, right? What's your initial reaction out there if you're in the listening audience? If you want to call, you can definitely call and get on the air here. 603-224-1450 is the number. 603-224-1450. I think most people will be leaning towards Buffalo. They're playing great. They've won, what, six in a row? Buffalo is... A real, real danger right now to the rest of the NFL. Whether it's Kansas City, 
or Baltimore after that. Baltimore is going to be playing Houston. That game starts the weekend off on Saturday this coming up weekend. What do people think there? C.J. Stroud, do you really want to pick against him? I don't want to pick against C.J. Stroud. That means, I mean, if he's not the best quarterback in football right now, he's real close. He's real close. I, I, I mean, I trust him. I trust him a heck of a lot more than Jalen Hurts last night. His stats were okay. Do I trust him more than Baker Mayfield? I don't know. Baker Mayfield's somebody that he comes from just a, a position in life where he's got an attitude. He's got a little bit of a arrogance to him. He thinks he's the man, and I'm down for it, dude. I am down for Baker Mayfield. What he did last night, 337 yards, three touchdowns, and his receivers, I think, had six drops, like clean drops. Mike Evans had a definite touchdown drop going in, and just boom, 40, 50 yards on the dime, right on his hands, drops it. So Baker Mayfield's stats could have been even a lot better than it was. 337 yards, three TDs. They went 32-9. to Now they're going on the road to play Detroit. A Detroit team who beat the Rams the other night. What was it, 24-23? Was that the final score? I think Baker Mayfield's got something cooking. Detroit's favored by six. Yesterday on the show, we were talking here, what the heck is Philadelphia favored for? I, I, I didn't get it. And, hey, it just so happens I was actually right on once because last week, as we left Friday, anybody who's listening day-to-day knows I incorrectly predicted Cleveland to go in and beat Houston. That's just an embarrassment of a pick. I'm ashamed of myself. But I went back and redeemed myself last night, baby, and now I got some confidence. As do the Celtics and the Bruins, who both smashed opponents last night. We'll talk about them here when we come back from break. This is the Sports Machine with Slim on WKXL Radio. It's 14.50 a.m., 103.9 FM Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. NHTalkRadio.com is where you can stream us live. You can also catch past shows there. We're going to take a couple-minute break and be right back to dive into the craziness of this world of sports. Belichick sign anywhere yet? It just feels like any second we're going to hear news and he's going to become the leader and face of a new franchise. And then it's going to be all about how the Patriots fans react. Like, do we do we root for Belichick? Do we want him to have success? Of course we do. Unless you don't. I'm curious to get some opinion. And I think we have a, a frequent caller on the line, one of our best callers without a doubt, McBFQ. Are you out there? McBFQ is here. Let's talk some football. In the house. Go ahead. What do you like for football stuff so far? Last night, you looking forward to next weekend or what? Okay, so the first two things I wanted to hit, if you'll allow me, is which would you want to hear first? The very interesting point that Ray Lewis made last night on the Manning cast or the thing that you let off the show with that drove me crazy? 
I don't watch the Manning cast stuff, and I, I do love me some Ray Lewis, an incredible competitor, so I'd like to start there. Go ahead. Okay. So, <laughs> um, I forget which touchdown it was, but one of many, Ray Lewis would not even let them announce the touchdown. He was like, I have to get this point out right away. He's like, the Eagles, I do not understand the angles that they're taking on these tackles. And you know, say what you want about Ray Lewis. He knows football and he knows <laughs> angles when it comes to tackling. And he, he, it exploded out of him just the way he exploded as a player. Like he just had to say this immediately, and he was so right. They're just—I mean, you—you—you you, you nailed the Eagles. I was like your brother Dave. I thought they had the better talent, and somehow, you know. You should believe a team when they show you who they are five, six games in a row. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, they're going to come back to their past glory. They're going to take care of this team. They're going to at least last one round in the playoffs. No, they didn't. I had texted my brother Dave, Bob, last night and said, who is this Bradbury guy? He is the worst tackler I've ever seen. This guy in the secondary missed like two. Just straight up, wide open, easy tackles. Like, just hold on to the guy and let somebody else come and get him. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. He just totally whipped. You don't even have to, like, make the clean tackle. Just at least slow the guy down. Right, just for a second. Like, cling on to his ankles. Whatever you got to do. Just Use grab something. Yeah, do anything. No, this guy was like, I'm just going for it and getting out of the way. That's got to be why Ray Lewis was just like incensed. I didn't hear or see it, but I can understand it. What Eagles just He wasn't quit. incensed. He was insightful. He was very interesting, you know, to hear him analyze the game. Like, you know, he, he knew what he was talking about. And uh, yeah, I like that alternate take sometimes. Like, you know, I've seen, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I hope Brady's great at it. You know, bumping down Olsen. Olsen's great at it. But, um, you know, sometimes I like to see that, that different kind of take and you're only going to get that on a Monday night. If I had known Ray Lewis was on there, I actually would have turned over and, and listened. I don't love the yeah, Manning they, brothers. Yeah, they gave him a lot of time. Good. Well, he deserved it. He's he, he's a heck of a motivational speaker, too. I, I love just listening to him get all oh, jacked oh, up. That, uh, that nonsense <laughs> drove me crazy. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, talk about my nonsense that drove you crazy at the beginning of the show here. Your nonsense that drove me crazy. <laughs> the Kelsey brother, Jason Kelsey. Okay. I'm sorry, but, you know, I'm 49 years old. I played a little football, and I grew up in an era where, like, players had to do three practices in a day, two practices in a day. Now they're limited to as when they can practice, and now they're complaining about football plays in a football game. We had to do the tush-push four to five times a game, and it's hard. Are you kidding me? And you're siding with this guy? Are you kidding me? He didn't complain like that. I complained for him. I, I was his mouthpiece, Why? I guess. Well, because, Bob, no other team... First of all, I hate the tush push. Like, I think that should be outlawed. I just think... Okay, even last night, visit that in the offseason. Yeah, and I think they should. If there was a play last night, too, and I think it was the Buffalo-Pittsburgh game, actually, where the running back was going, and he was stopped and tackled, and then the offensive lineman just come flying in and nailed somebody. And I'm like, dude, that was like a hit on a defenseless receiver. You know, like they, they, this is just, it's, it was never part of the game when I was a kid watching this stuff with all these guys coming in and pushing the pile. And at some point, it's just like, dude, why can they come in with a free hit to nail people just because it's coming from the opposite direction? I just don't Let like me that ask tush you a push question. Stuff. When Bill Belichick does something that no one's ever thought of before and it makes them change a rule, don't you admire him for it? 
on some level, I do. Yeah, well, that's why last year you I had no problem with Sirianni. As they allow you to play it. Well, they didn't play it so well last night. No. <laughs> so and, and well, they got no. stopped on the tush push play actually when they were going for two, didn't they? Tampa Bay well, yeah, realized what he always when does. Miami started doing the wildcat, and it's like no one ever thought of this before, and then it took over the league. Yeah, like, I'm all for ingenuity. I, I love when someone innovates something, and it's like everyone has to copy them because it's it's so successful. And then, but with that, when you first see it, it's going to be very successful, and then people can coach against it and catch on. Well, and you wear down your players like Jason Kelsey, who is one of the best centers in football. We all know this. And I just think when you continue to ask him to just max exertion of all of his energy three, four times a play, a a game, it just adds up through time, Bob. So I hear you on the practice stuff and all that, but I just think it's a different level when you're like gassed up and everybody knows they're trying to stop you for a one-yard gain and he just is like, it's like maxing out every four or five times a game. It, It wears on you. Do we have a uh, minute to hit on an interesting uh, Bruins stat that I found? I, I would love to hear the Bruins. Go ahead, because I will say with New Jersey, Bob, we won yesterday 3 to nothing, And this was the game that I first started really paying attention to the Bruins was back December 13th when the Bruins were up one nothing against uh, New Jersey at, at New Jersey, went into overtime, and we ended up losing. We were up one nothing in the first period, and I said, ooh, the Bruins just look like they start to wear down. New Jersey, I thought, totally dominated them in the second and third period, and then overtime. But then we've beaten them 5-2 to two since, and then yesterday 3 to nothing. So what's your take on the stat on the so, Bruins? Yeah, I was football-focused last night, so I caught up on the game today, and I saw that Pasternak slap shot. So I'm like, let me dig into this, and, you know, Pasternak's like the eighth leading goal scorer in hockey. That's fantastic. And then we got Marshawn. He's the 22nd best goal scorer. So I'm like, you know, we got some snipers. We got some Mm -hmm, offense. mm -hmm. And then we know that our goaltending is fantastic. And it's even better when Swayman's in there. So I said, (laughs) let let me analyze this defense from a different angle. Yeah. So I decided to look at, um, and I used a site called statmuse.com. There's no endorsement or anything that just happened to be where I got the information. And I wanted to look at um, shots on goal. And the Bruins have lost eight games. Here are um, for the only teams that have allowed more shots than the Bruins. None of them have lost eight games. Uh, the Sharks have lost 31. <laughs> the Islanders, 14. The Blue Jackets, 21. Canadians, 18. The Ducks have lost 27 games, the Red Wings 16, and the Blackhawks have lost 29 games. Why are we allowing so many shots and relying on our snipers on offense and our fantastic goaltending to bail us out? Excellent stats and great question. I will tell you, Patrice Bergeron not being here definitely plays a factor in this. There you go. Yeah, the defensive And one of my first calls, I brought that up, and you were like, get those old guys out of there. They don't matter anymore. And I thought they were going to miss them. And you thought maybe they might miss them more in a, um, a leadership role. More so than, you know, their speed of play at this advanced age. I think it's more so even fast forward into the playoffs, Bob. And you hit on something there. Like, I just haven't seen Bergeron come through big time in the playoffs over the last bunch of years. And But 
maybe I didn't see like what he was doing to stop the other teams from scoring some goals because that doesn't show up in the stats right, so right, often, right. like the stats you're talking analyze. about. Well, it is, but it's obvious from watching this is a weakness for the Bruins. Sometimes the other teams just carry the action and they're peppering four or five shots in a row on Swayman over two or three trips down the ice and I'm like there's no stopping it. So the Bruins are going to have to make some sort of a trade, whether it's for a defensive forward or just some some stronger defensive help. I, I'm not really sure which direction. I saw they the go. headline and I didn't click into the article. Do you know anything about um, what position they're targeting or who they're targeting? I think that everything's just on hold right now well, over there. And yeah. as Thomas Pope and who would you give up? Who, who who would you be like? Okay, if we lost that guy, no big deal. Well, this is going to be the talk show. You know, the talk radio show main topic over the stuff leading up to the uh, trading deadline is Linus mm-hmm. Allmark. You have to trade Allmark because Swayman is, if you watch him the last <laughs> couple of games, like, dude, this is our guy. We cannot let go of this guy. I like the Allmark-Swayman combination, but we're short in another area. We're deficient on the defensive side of things. Well, what's your best asset? It's going to so, be right, Allmark. The problem with us saying that is we don't even know who would be the backup at that point. Understandable. You're just ho- hoping that Swayman's not going to be hurt, right? And just going to play yeah. this dude. He's young. And, uh, he's 25. And I'm hearing a lot of talk. It got brought up on your show, and I've heard it in other places about whether you ride one goalie mostly. Because, I, you know, I heard one of the analysts, I don't know who it was, and they said they prefer to more so ride one goaltender and then you're not completely changing your style in the playoffs. Mike Milbury had said that, I know, on EEI last week. He prefers to go with the oh, one goaltender. Oh, if it was EEI, that's probably where it came there from. There you go, Bob. Bring in, look, you're doing research. You're listening to competitive stations. You're really, really a valued asset here at the Sports Machine with Slim. I want to thank you for your call today. Thank you, Slim. Let's talk soon. You said it. That's what you get here on WKXL Radio. Are you a listener out there? Are you an educated sports talk caller? We want you here. New Hampshire, talkradio.com. This is 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. WKXL Radio. Don't go anywhere. We're going to come right back and talk some Celtics. Machine with Slim. The best sports talk callers in the country listen to this show. In fact, I get texts about how good the callers are. Just got a text and wow, McBFQ doing homework. Absolutely, that was quite an entrance with some statistics there talking about the Bruins and how the teams that are giving up as many shots a game on goal as the Bruins are all have terrible records. The Bruins. I mean, so what does that tell you? They're receiving incredible goaltending. And if you just watch Swayman, I've told people here, I'm a pink hat. I am not a hardcore hockey fan. I am just watching it more and more now because I host a daily sports talk radio show and I feel like I should be educated about it and not for nothing because the more I watch it, the more I like hockey. You need to know who the players are. You need to be able to see their numbers and know their skill sets. So when you see Pasternak, number 88, right, when he gets the puck, you know, oh, this dude's looking to do something special. Well, I've educated myself enough with Charlie Coyle, number 13, 
who that dude can be a sniper as well. I love Charlie Coyle. When he gets the puck, if he's battling in the corners, he comes out with the puck every time. And so that's fun for me now to watch the, the Bruins play, knowing, okay, well, there he goes. He's probably going to get it. Oh, yeah, there he goes again. He gets it every time. And if you get that guy a shot in the front of the net, it's probably going in. He picks his corners. Trent Frederick, I think number 11. I don't know if you people know who he is. Third line. I think he's the center on the third line. But the more I watch him play, man, I really like this guy. So the Bruins, they've got the talent. In, in certain areas, we have the talent to win the Stanley Cup this year. The Bruins, they just, if you watch the plays, watch the goal that Charlie uh, McAvoy put in to win the game the other night at in overtime at St. Louis. He came down, pretty much did it all by himself. Boom! Wrist shot right to the upper left-hand corner of the net. Skill. The Bruins got the guys. Hampus Lindholm. I love I love that dude on on defense. He he gets the puck. He stops guys. He hits people. So then you start to work your way down because we know Marchand's still battling out there. You go wait a second. We're only a few pieces away here. And obviously, based on the stats, like Bob just said, some of the problem is we're giving up too many shots on net. So we got to fix that problem because if we do, we're right there. And then it comes down to the fans. Are the fans in the Boston area hungry enough? for a championship. I've said it time and time again. We got fat and lazy because of Tom Brady. He made it happen here for the Patriots. Six titles over 20-something years. Every other team won. The Bruins won a championship. The Celtics won a championship. The Red Sox won three championships. All since Tom Brady came to town. What have we won since he left? Nothing. In fact, we choked away a 2-1 to game lead in the NBA Finals against Golden State. The Celtics just melted. And let them just rip it out of our hands with no contest. Jason Tatum folded. Well, I've been banging the drum saying the Celts, we're coming through this year, as I do every year. <laughs> the Celtics are going to win it all this year. And, man, do we beat up on the bad or medium type of teams. We go into Toronto last night, up by five at halftime, I think. Boom. Seven minutes into the third, third quarter, we're down by six. So well, all right, Toronto came right out. They they got a big motivational speech at halftime. They're coming out playing hard. Celts go on to win 105 to 96. No Jalen Brown. The thing that I noticed from last night's game, oh man, don't even get me so excited, please. Don't tease me, Celtics. Jason Tatum. Who I've gotten on plenty of times. But last night in the third, man, he was going to the basket. He was going to the hoop for layups. He drove to the hoop, dished off for a dunk to the big man, Luke Cornett, who I don't think should be playing for the Celtics. I don't think he's good enough. Let that be a motivator to you, Mr. Cornett, if you're out there. But I noticed, the, I wrote this down, the lineup that was on the court in the third quarter. It was Tatum with Peyton Pritchard, Sam Hauser, Al Horford, and Luke Cornett. Those were your five players. And so what happened? Tatum had to be the creator. Listen to the other people that are on the court. Peyton Pritchard, Sam Hauser, Luke Cornett, and Al Horford. Pritchard maybe can, can get by his guy and get to the rack, but for the most part, no. Nah. These guys are all playing off the ball. So Tatum is forced into a role where you need to be the creator, not just settling for step-back threes. you got to go to the hoop. And that's, that's the type of stuff that I'm seeing more and more from Joe Mazzulla 
that I like his lineups and and putting guys in positions to be, okay, you're going to be the leader of this group on the court. What do we need Tatum to do in big game situations, everybody? We need him to get used to going to the hoop. Don't settle. Don't do your step back threes. Don't pull up from you know 18 foot, uh, contest the jumpers off the dribble. Get into the lane, try to throw down. He threw down the nastiest dunk I've seen him throw down last night, Jason Tatum. While this lineup was on the court, going to the hoop, drawing defenders and kicking. And I want to see more of it. We need Tatum to build up that side of his game, and this is how you do it. Force him to play with players that rely on him for that aspect of his game. That's how you make Tatum better. This is how basketball works. Other coaches have not been doing that. Even Ime Odoka. We played great when he was the coach. But what did Tatum do when times got tough in the finals against Golden State? He disappeared because he wasn't conditioned and and confident in his ability to get to the rim. The only way you build that confidence is by forcing him to do it. And that's where he's at right now. I'm Just start that process. Keep it going. Keep it going, Tatum. Get that mindset. Go to the rim. This is what we need you to be able to do when it's a big spot in the game. Time's ticking down. We're down by one in the fourth quarter with 20 seconds. Don't do your step, your dumb step back three <laughs> that everybody should hate. He did it at the end of a quarter last night. Again, Tatum gets the ball. Everybody, here you go. As he, we should with that lineup especially. I think it was the end of the third period and Tatum was hot. And I said, okay, well, here I'm all right if you do a step back three because you'd gone to the hoop. You're feeling good. You're probably going to make it. But then he shoots it. Miss again. The end of quarter three stuff. If you watch Tatum, his percentage is horrible. I, I don't have the official numbers. I'm going to tell you it's under 20%. He comes through end of quarter situations, and I'm not even talking game. I'm not even not talking about the game. We're talking about practice, man. We're talking about practice, man. Practice. Allen Iverson, love that interview. But Jason Tatum, you don't come through at end of quarter situations. That step back three is not, not a statistical success for Celtics Nation. Go to the rim. In fact, in that third period, that one I was just talking about, he had a path to the rim, and he stepped back for three. He needs to lose that from his mindset. The way you do it, coach him, put the lineup out there and say, you, these other players need you to create for them. They need you to drive to the hole. They're spot-up shooters. Al Horford, spot-up shooter. Sam Hauser, spot-up shooter. Peyton Pritchard, that's the best part of his game. Luke Cornett, what does he do? I don't know. I don't even know why he's out there. He's, I, I remember five weeks ago, I said, hey, we have a backup center. He had one game. Remember, he was even at like 10 points in a quarter. He was on fire. Physical presence, seven-footer, ripping down rebounds. That was his only game. The only, only game that he's good. Luke Cornett, is, he cannot be playing minutes for this team. But hopefully that Cato guy will go to Maine and then come back strong afterwards. So there you go. You got a wrap on the, the Celtics. We're caught up. Man, they just they just beat up these bad teams. Toronto, no contest. Toronto cannot shoot a three to save their life up there. I don't know what happened to them. OG and Anobi, now that he's gone, they can't shoot. 
Celtics got to play San Antonio tomorrow. Last I looked last night, San Antonio was down by like 30. They're atrocious. That went by Yama guy. Still, I don't really know why he's so hot as the number one prospect. I don't see it. I don't see it. I'm on record. I would not have taken that guy last year, uh, number one in the last year's draft, and I I wouldn't want to build my team around him. Just too skinny. Seven feet, three, whatever. Just too skinny, dude. I watched him play last night. Just looks soft. So we'll see how he does against Porzingis. I predict he'll get pushed around. For as skinny as Porzingis is, he's bigger and stronger than Wembeyama. And the speed matchup is, what, probably 50-50. So I bet your poor Zingas like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shut this kid down. <laughs> and he will. And the Celts will win another game big at home to move to 20-0. And then Friday, we're playing Denver. How's poor Zingas going to do against Jokic? Who knows? I hope Jokic plays. I mean, that's the point. Wouldn't that be terrible if, the, if Denver Nuggets come into town, into Boston, and they're like, oh, we're going to rest all our players <laughs> like we do sometimes. Jamal Murray's not playing. Jokic's not playing. Aaron Gordon. Whoever. Denver's not going to come in looking to play on Friday. I would imagine that won't be the case. I imagine everybody on Denver is looking at this like, hey, this is a challenge. We're the defending champs, and we're going to play Boston, who will be 20-0 and at home. Like, we want to give them their first loss of the season. So what needs to happen? Celtics fans, when you go into the Garden Friday night, you need to be amped up and ready to play the defending champs. You need to cheer. Not be sitting down in your seats with the polite clap because all the business people own the tickets. And that's the way it's been in Boston, in all sports in Boston, over the last five to ten years. The true fan has been priced out of the game. We can't even go and, and you know buy a reasonable ticket. Heck, can't even afford parking nowadays. <laughs> Everything's so expensive. But we need the hungry fans, or even the rich fans who are only casuals, We just need them to latch on to the people that are the real fans. So if you're a real fan and you're there Friday, cheer. Stand up. Look around. Tell people to stand up with you. It'll make a difference. The Sports Machine with Slim giving fans advice out here on WKXL Radio, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. This is nhtalkradio.com, and we will be right back with more. to talk UFC. People love the UFC out there. I haven't gotten into it, everybody. Brock Lesnar was probably my uh, you know, height of interest level with UFC just because he came from the, the real wrestling. <laughs> and he just was cool and a huge dude. Ridiculous. And it was like, oh man, this guy was in the, the supposedly fake wrestling and was coming in and destroying chumps in the real fighting. So that, for me, just was like interesting. Now, I know he had been a, a world-class wrestler, right, in college or something. So Brock Lesnar was the real deal, and that was cool to see. But then eventually he got beat up and never really <laughs> regained his footing after that. Once it happens, you're on a different level, right? Well, I think we're going to talk some UFC this week. I just was exchanging some texts asking people if they want to be coming in. Maybe Thursday we'll do like a full UFC special preview because I think this Saturday there's a big main event so why not people love to talk to UFC let's give them what they want maybe it's Thursday maybe it's some Friday we'll have to see how that plays out there's so much sports action coming on so it's so fun to be able to talk about all these different things the Celtics 
looking like. I mean, we have a three or four game record uh, uh, advantage over everybody else in the league. The Celtics are undoubtedly the best regular season team. We're so deep, six, seven guys that can all score. But are we tested for the playoffs? That mentality, uh, we still are chipping away at it. I'm going to tell you something. We're still we're like mining for gold. You got to be working. This Celtics team needs to be working because, the, especially in the East, like it's going to be a, a a tough road to get through. First of all, similarly to what I've said there about Buffalo earlier, where they're going to have to beat Kansas City to kind of exercise the demons of what happened to them at Arrowhead a couple of years ago. Celtics are going to have to beat Miami. Like this, if the Celtics are gonna win it all this year, we're just we're just gonna have to go through Miami. It's the way that things work in life. Nothing's easy, and it's how you build confidence. And basketball is so much about confidence and camaraderie. All sports are. You see, last night with the Philadelphia Eagles, I know there's a lot of talk on ESPN and other stations here about just you could tell their players were all upset. AJ Brown, I guess, had cleared out his locker. Prior to the game last night, like, and deleted all the Eagles stuff from his social media, that tells you. I mean, if people aren't on the same page, you're not going to have success. It doesn't matter how talented you are. Everybody's got to be buying in for one another. And that's what I do see on the Celtics team. Everybody is in the same direction. They're willing to sacrifice. I mean, Drew Holiday is willing to sacrifice for Derek White. And now Derek White's being talked about as uh, an all-star. Drew Holiday said it last night post-game. He said he's an all-star. Well, that means Drew Holiday won't be an all-star, right? Because you know Tatum's going to be one and Jalen Brown's going to be one. So, I mean, it ain't going to be four Celtics on the all-star team, right? Maybe three. So, But Drew Holiday is there actively campaigning for another teammate to go. That's what, as a fan... You want to be a part of with a team that's like, hey, these guys are into it. They're in together. And then when you see that stuff play out through results in tough situations like going and beating up on Miami in the playoffs like we're going to do, that is fun for the fan base and it makes the team itself just so much more confident. But then we're going to have to face the Sixers or the Bucks. Heck, in the first round, Indiana? Where are they going to finish up in the standings? That team's no joke. The East is, you better look out. Celtics need to just keep working on getting better. Don't just show up, roll out of bed, and beat teams by 10, 20, 30, and feel like, oh, since we got the best record, we're untouchable. Look at what's happening in the close games. The games that Tatum hasn't been able to come through at the end, like Golden State, go to overtime, lose. Oklahoma City, didn't we go to overtime against them too and lose? And then what happens? We rolled out of bed and played the Bucks the other night. Lose by, I mean, we were down by 30 in the second period. Come on. The, whole, the starting five didn't even play in the second half. Missoula just shut them down, which, again, nice coaching move, dude. I'm down with this. Send a message. Hey, listen, if you guys ain't going to play, then I'm not going to put you in the game. I'm going to put guys in that want to play. I wonder if he ruffled any feathers with that move. My guess is probably not so much because they know they weren't playing hard. I mean, just watching their defense was pathetic effort. 25 points in a row. The Bucs scored at one point. So you can look on the negative side with the Celtics. I'm choosing to look on the positive side. So much talent. They're together. We're building up towards something special there. Same as with the Bruins. I, I just feel it. 
I feel like the sports machine with Slim being on the air is going to be just a magical ride come this spring for our listeners. Every day we're going to be waking up talking about winning and bringing success back to the New England region. Our fans are going to be hungry. That's what needs to happen. It starts with you, the fan. Don't become complacent. When you go to these sporting events, you got to stand up. you got to talk to the people around you. Hey, listen, everybody, we're going to cheer today, right? We're going we're gonna to cheer. We're not going to be sitting down on our hands like rich people who are just happy to be in the arena. We're going to be hungry participants cheering our team on. That's what needs to happen. What fan base has that in the NFL right now? Let me ask you. What fan base has it? I thought Cleveland's fan base had it. I honestly did. Not so much. Detroit's fan base, they got it. Detroit's hungry out there. And Tampa Bay is going up into the Dome Stadium. Will that matter? Will Baker Mayfield be able to throw inside the Dome? Is he going to have similar type success as he's had here over the last second half of the season in the NFL? Baker Mayfield is competing, people. I'm, I'm afraid him. Detroit's favored by six. I'm, I'm leaning Tampa Bay. I'm not only leaning Tampa Bay to cover to six. I'm leaning Tampa Bay to win that game. I just, I just feel like Tampa Bay is, they're now taking on that disrespect card where you know, they're the underdog. That, that game against Philadelphia, like that's, that's disrespectful. Philadelphia was favored. They lost 32 to nine. Tampa Bay finished up the year winning four out of five. Philadelphia had lost four out of five. They looked like they were quitting. And they quit last night. And that defensive line, you can't run against Tampa Bay. You can't run the ball. Now, can you pass against them? Yeah, because Devontae Smith had 100 and what was it, 38 yards? And could have had more. <laughs> so you go on and play Detroit now. Listen, their receivers, they got speed up there. Is Tampa Bay going to be able to cover those guys? We'll have to dig that in. I, I mean, I'd imagine they're scoring in that game, right? We'll talk about that. We'll preview the NFL action on Friday, and I'll give my picks for whatever it's worth. I mean, in all honesty, it's probably i give my picks just so you know to bet the other side. I'm, I'm betting, I guess, 50%, 50-50 over here with my picks. I want to give myself some credit, like I said yesterday, for that Tampa Bay one. I mean, when I say I can't understand why this team's favored, Tampa Bay's better, and they're playing better, they should win the game. I mean, I guess that's a pretty accurate call. They went on to win 32-9. to when the majority of people were betting Philadelphia. I said, I don't understand it. Why is that? That's a great thing. I love it when I'm on the opposite side of the public. So I try to figure out for this week's games, who are people going to be playing? Detroit favored by six. I think people maybe would lean Tampa Bay, right? Because Detroit only wins by one against the Rams, and Tampa Bay just smoke shows Philadelphia. And Baker Mayfield looks like the toast of the town, talk of the town. So people would probably lean Tampa Bay. Well, let's see what the numbers say. San Francisco, as I'm driving in on a radio station, a competing sports talk radio station, I hear them saying, oh, San Francisco's much better than Green Bay. They're going to win by more than 10. You heard it here. This is the pick. And then they do their advertisement, blah, blah, blah. So, oh, no, because I love San Fran. I think San Fran's going to win it all this year. They're going to the big game. They're going to be the champions in the NFL. Are they going to cover 10 against Green Bay? Green Bay looked pretty solid against Dallas, didn't they, on the road? So they're battle-tested on the road. They used to be in the underdog. And now they go into San Fran. I do think it's a different level of talent. San Fran's just so deep and so good. They like the Celtics. That's why I say both teams are going to win. They're just talent-wise the best. Although San Fran didn't look the best when they played Baltimore. Baltimore favored by 9.5 against Houston this coming week. And that's just a fun game for me to try to predict because 
I mean, I picked against Houston last week. I was saying they were going to lose at home to Cleveland. Now I'm going to pick them against Baltimore, at Baltimore. But I just have said all year, I don't think Baltimore is going to win at all. I just think they're going to stub their toe. And it's happened to them before when they had the number one seed. They rested their guys the last regular season week of the year. They had the week off for the bye. And then they came out and lost. Who was it to? Was it to Tennessee? Jacksonville? I don't remember. This is going back like three years now, four years. Well, I just, I'm looking at this week and I just say, Houston, their offense, it's just different than other teams. Maybe it's similar to Detroit, who Baltimore did smash Detroit, actually, now that I say that out loud to myself. But I just think the downfield passing game of C.J. Stroud, a lot of teams don't throw the ball like that. 20 yards down the field, like consistently, that's how he's throwing. And he knows how to read the pocket so he can buy some time for himself. Nico Collins, can you have a huge day against Baltimore secondary? That's the question. I'm not sure. But I do think Baltimore's offense is going to struggle to score. I guess I would lean under in that game. Most of the games this weekend went over, no? A lot of scoring in the games. Usually the first round of the playoffs is when the, the referees kind of change their entire style. They swallow the whistle. They let the holding go on. And I know that happened in plenty of games this weekend as I was watching. Like, wow, okay, they're letting this guy hold. Oh, they didn't call that penalty. Oh, this and that. But it didn't impact the scores. High-scoring games. I think that's going to change this coming weekend. You're going to see the better defenses out there. The refs are going to let them manhandle still. And we're going to see close tight games, except for San Fran. Go take care of business against Green Bay. San Francisco will win the NFL title this year. The Boston Celtics will win the NBA title. What about the Bruins? Let's see. Listen to it all the way along here. Sports Machine with Slim on WKXL Radio, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, and htalkradio.com. If you are on the roads, please drive slowly.